0: Hey, hey, any youth leaders out there? Serving with youth in the church is probably one of the most enjoyable callings, but it brings with it a lot of responsibility. How do we effectively lead this rising generation? Well, I have good news for you. Leading Saints has organized the Young Saints Virtual Library, where we have 20 plus hours of presentations all about how to lead youth. We cover topics like how to help youth transition into adulthood, how to help them avoid loneliness, how to handle smartphones in class, and we even go over scientific data about how Latter-day Saint youth differ from other youth. If you'd like to review the Young Saints Library at no cost for 14 days, simply go to leadingsaints.org 14. That's leadingsaints.org 14. While you're at it, we'll give you access to all of our virtual libraries that cover several leadership-related topics. So click the link in the show notes or simply visit leadingsaints.org/slash one four. Alright, let's go around the room, do some introductions. I'll start. So my name is Kurt Frankum. I am the executive director of Leading Saints, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And we are dedicated, you know, have a mission here to help Latter-day Saints be better prepared to lead. Now, me personally, I live uh, in Stansbury Park, Utah, which is in Tooele County. I grew up in West Valley City. And uh, been running Leading Saints really since 2010, when it started out as a hobby blog. 2014 is when the podcast started, and now we are over 10 million downloads. And uh, man, we're glad that you are now one of those downloads. Let's jump in. All right, Cherie Nixon, welcome to the Leading Saints Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah, this
0: is cool. You don't typically live in Utah, but uh, we're in Utah right now.
1: We are. We are in my in-laws' basement in Provo, Utah. Um, Home is Palos Verdes, California in Los Angeles.
0: Born and raised, Southern Um, California. Southern
1: California, yep. Did a 10-year stint in Texas after BYU. But um, when COVID shut Los Angeles down, the thought of homeschooling my five kids, was really daunting. So we threw our suitcases and sporting equipment in the car and came to Provo and the kids landed here and we were supposed to stay for six months and it's been two years. Awesome. But um, the time has come to head home and we're headed back to Los Angeles
0: soon. So, so are you, I would imagine you're excited to sort of get back to your own house with your own routines and whatnot. Is that yes. safe to say? Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. It's been an amazing experience. The, the pros outweigh the very few negatives of living in your in-laws basement but um, yes we're excited to go home to our own space our friends that have become family down there but we'll cherish these two years in Provo with uh, the extended family that we have here and the amazing people the community um, living among a large population of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has yeah. been remarkable for our kids as well. Just That's a great. shift. So we've yeah. loved
0: it here. And you're also the executive director of the Come, Follow Me Foundation. Is that the right title?
1: Correct. Nice. I've been doing this uh, since the fall and I love it. It's, nice.
0: it's and a, I'm the executive director of Leading Saints. we got to stick together. I we mean, do. we got each other's back, right? We do. Right? This is a
1: new <laughs> friendship. We are going places together. That's right. Yes. And uh,
0: the Come, Follow Me Foundation has been so awesome. You know, I've interviewed Evan <clears throat> earlier. Um, and he sort of, when you launched, I get, I was that a launching period with the app, or you were in sort of this big push? Yes, correct. That, right. So, what is, what does the come follow, come follow Me Foundation do?
1: Okay. So, the Come Follow Me Foundation created the Come Follow Me app, which is a mobile first platform that allows members and those seeking to find Jesus Christ um, easily digestible, consumable come follow me content. Mm-hmm. So, I think. A lot of people in the church go to church. They are active members, and they would call themselves active. But yet, I think if we polled people, the number of members who actually engage in daily scripture study is a lot lower than we think. Mm-hmm. And um, I will throw my hat in there. I'm up there with people that have struggled. You know, a mom of five running a household, and it's it's difficult, but. The Come Follow Me app was created by Evan Fitzpatrick and his wife. They just wanted to create a solution for their family. Had a really easy beta version of this app, and they shared it with friends. They loved it, and it it started to spread and brought in uh, Brian Crofts and James Moore, the other founders, and their wives, and got it to what it is today. And it is was created for the goal to allow members to connect with God daily through meaningful scripture study. And we know life is busy and the church puts out amazing content. We are so lucky to have so many resources, but sometimes it's hard to figure out what people want to study. How do I sort through all of this information and find something for me to study? So the app, the Come Follow Me app does that for you. It is a daily verse assignment that features a member from around the world sharing a two-minute message.
0: Sometimes Kurt Francom. It's
1: Kurt Frankum, <laughs> you know, you're a regular. That's right. We it's love fun. to have you there.
0: Even though I always send in after the deadline, but I try it's not okay. to.
1: <laughs> we, we work pretty far in advance these get, days, I so know. you're okay. Um, but yeah, so just this message that, comes from a peer, someone mm. that um, is relatable. And then we share um, a challenge, an invitation, and then more scriptures. So we we love the app. It's, people are really connecting to it. Um, we are really humbled when we receive messages from people that use the app. And they say like, I'm a single dad and I have struggled with it, but once I found your app, I can do this. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a goal that is manageable and obtainable. And this app makes it possible for me. So hearing everyone to, you know, members of the 70 and Elder Dunn and Elder Ringwood are big fans of ours and um, they use it. So I think it's it's a platform that allows engagement from people that are barely active to those that are um, leading and guiding us. And so we try to make it something that can connect and resonate with everyone and and it's because of the members that share the message like you that you know it's like hey i can relate to this person and and i want to come back daily it's it's the the purpose is to create the daily habit Mm -hmm. and so um it it sounds like people are having success and it's a platform that's helped them do that
0: yeah and the verse of the day feature where you know i have a clip of somebody and you know there are resources out there and you feature many of them in your in, in the app that, uh, you know, rely on maybe a scholarly pers- perspective, the guy who studied Hebrew and can break down this for that first. But I just love the, these are just everyday members across the world. Who's reads a verse and say, let me just share with you what this verse means to me or what I get from it. And, and it's one, two minutes, sometimes three minutes. And it's just fun to hear from everyday people about their engagement with the scriptures in the come follow me reading.
1: A hundred percent. And as a user of the app myself, um, I've got quite a streak going um, because I want to come back. I want to see who's on the app. I want to see that message. And um, in Los Angeles, you know, we don't have a large membership and my kids don't have um, a ton of peers that are LDS. And so we are really looking forward to the youth and young adult version of the app that will roll out later this year oh, cool. because like you and I love to see who's going to share these members are youth who don't have a strong network of um, peers in the church. They're going to be able to pull up this app and see members from around the world and say, Oh my gosh, that person is like me. Mm-hmm. They believe in Jesus Christ. They have a testimony and I do too, even though I'm alone here, I'm not alone. And so we want to really create this community of people that, are trying to connect with God daily.
0: Yeah, and you have a a Spanish version coming out soon. Is that too early to mention that?
1: No, uh, July 17th, (laughs) then Sigame is launching. So it will do a soft launch early July, but July 17th, the first verse of the day story will feature um, a Spanish speaking member. So it's been awesome. I don't speak Spanish. So we had to hire a team of Spanish (laughs) translators and people to communicate, but... I watch all the videos that are coming in and I don't know what they're saying, but my kids giggle because they're like, what are you watching mom? And I'm like, this amazing woman in Puerto Rico. Oh, this amazing person in Chile. Oh my gosh, this woman in Honduras. Yeah, Uh, You know, it's awesome to see that they are going to have a voice. Um, They're going to have a platform that is inclusive of them and made for them. It's gonna be original content for them, not just translated. But um, I I know that the Spanish speaking members will appreciate that representation, that sense of community for um, their population. And just, it's another amazing resource that will allow them to connect with God daily.
0: Nice. And so is that going to be a completely separate app you download or is it all within the same app?
1: It's the same. So okay. English version, come follow me app. And then if you're in Spanish language mode on your phone,
0: oh, okay. then just it will come
1: thing. up mm-hmm. then Siga app.
0: Oh, so that's okay. what you'll
1: search. And actually I toggle back and forth between the two on my phone. If you just go into settings and change the language, then it'll just flip it to Spanish. Hmm. So um, it's going to be pretty easy because I know there's going to be people that want to see English and Spanish, so Mm -hmm. they'll be able to toggle and see content and members uh, testifying of Christ daily.
0: Nice, so uh, maybe it's too early to ask, but what's the next language?
1: Um, Yes, well, there is a plan. Evan (laughs) Fitzpatrick is a man with a plan, so I'm just helping him uh, with that vision. But yes, we'll do this, and then the youth and young adult, and we are hoping to do a missionary investigator version, and then Portuguese, and then French for African.
0: Oh, I was thinking Turkish, but no, I'm just kidding. You know, we <laughs> get uh,
1: requests from people asking us to do specific languages, and it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. If,
0: if resources were if unlimited, unlimited and we would no, love to. time was not a, 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 re, a thing that, we, that binds us to, our, to mortality, right?
1: So. Right. But with those four languages, we should be able to reach 75, 80% of the membership of that's the church so cool. worldwide. So that's nice. the goal.
0: Nice. Well, I can't promote it enough and it's fun to participate, you know, with my minute or two every, every few months or whatnot. So it's fun to see the growth of it happen. So, so I want to shift to you because this is a, how I lead episode and you've been a leader. I I try. (laughs) We are, we're all trying, right? And this is one of those things like uh, I'm the one that approached you. It's not like you, like I've got the best leadership ideas and I want to talk about them. We all have them in, in us and, and it's worth talking about. So tell us what different, like some of the leadership uh, callings and responsibilities that stand out as you reflect on your life?
1: Right. So, um, I think as a woman in the church, um, we're busy raising kiddos. And so I'm sure those that have children have found themselves in primary, uh, when the the kiddos are young. So I spent a lot of time in primary in, um, Houston and Dallas. And so, That was awesome. A lot of time in Young Women's and um, also Relief Society. So when I got to Los Angeles, um, the needs of the ward are greater. There's not as many members. So uh, in Los Angeles, I've spent most of my time in presidencies Mm -hmm. um, and it's been awesome because I get to serve with amazing women and be a part of ward councils. And um, I was, primary president before we left and came up here and I've kind of been floating in uh, Provo. It's kind of been a little nice respite before we head back and, um, but yeah, I've I've been in all areas and auxiliaries of the church and, and it's been awesome to learn new things in each place.
0: Yeah. And many that I would think would prepare you for your role right now as executive director in the Come Follow Me Foundation. I mean, these principles are sometimes universal or translate well to other leadership roles. Right.
1: right. And I, I don't think that before this um responsibility with Come Follow Me Foundation, I didn't realize that my callings in the church were preparing me for this mm-hmm. and i think we um sometimes feel callings are this burden but they allow us to grow and develop and nurture in ways that i we wouldn't ha- have otherwise like yeah. i would not have the skill set that i have now had i not been able to be active in my membership in my congregations and um been all in with my service
0: yeah that's awesome so i typically ask that you know those that i interview for the uh, how i lead segment send semi- me Two or three principles, leadership principles that have really served you well. And I don't know if this was intentional, but you sent me the list as number two first, then one, then three. Why why that?
1: Well, I put number one first as teach the doctrine of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. because Number one to me, um, that's why I go to church each week, is to learn and be edified by the teachings of Jesus Christ. And um, that is what we need to to teach in Relief Society, in Primary, and Young Women's. That was my overriding theme of how can I allow these women, young women, and children to know Jesus Christ, to teach about Him. And so that was my number one. And then um, number two was be a friend. Mm-hmm. And then, as I was thinking about that more, I thought, no, 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 you need to be a friend first because people will trust you. They'll believe you. They'll want to know more about what you say if you're a true friend. Mm-hmm. And so, by being a friend, then teaching the doctrine of Jesus Christ is natural, it's easier, and it's the next step in the process.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So let's let's jump into the first one with uh, teach the doctor. The first, the second one, I don't know yes. what it's <laughs> the first one that's on my list yes. here. Teach the doctrine of Christ. Like uh, starting there, how do you impact that?
1: Right. So there was a moment in my life that it was hard for me to go to church. Hmm. Um, I just it was hard for me to walk through the doors and just kind of had this nervous energy and what. Had me coming back to church each week was the doctrine of Jesus Christ brings me back, and so um, that's kind of stuck with me. And it's I go to church to learn about the doctrine of Jesus Christ, and as a leader, that is what I need to teach. Yeah. And um, you know, I I'm sure my lessons have been forgetful to uh, people as I've taught, but. I feel like one stands out to me um when i was in young women's and you know sometimes it's hard to get people to participate and the girls are quiet and i was trying to think of a way to get them to really engage with this knowledge of your savior is there your heavenly father is there they have a plan for you but a lot of times they just don't believe it. You know, it's, it's yeah. lip service. They hear it like. It's
0: become so cliche almost. That,
1: right. Yeah. And with that, I was like, these girls need to have confidence in Jesus Christ. They can't just hear this. They can't just think that it's some abstract idea that, oh, yeah, Jesus is there for me. Mm-hmm. But that's what I, I went back to. It's girls, we need to have confidence in Jesus Christ. You know, it's like, that's the thing that we teach our teens, be confident, you know, put your head up, lift your shoulders, like look people in the eye, be confident. But with Jesus Christ, it's you need to be confident that He is there for you. You need to be confident that He knows you. These things that we teach, like take it in, believe it, know it, you know, Mm -hmm. and and that that as a leader resonated with me because I think as we teach, we learn. And so for me, it's it's not just this thought. It is real. He is there. Our Heavenly Father sent him for us. Like, let us use that. Let's have confidence in his atonement. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just trying to help them understand that it's just not verbiage. It's just not talk but it is real. And yeah. how can we help them to have confidence in him and his atonement?
0: And was there anything you did specifically with maybe your lesson plans or helping others create lessons plans to make sure that they, they were focused on the doctrine of Christ? Cause sometimes we, we, th- we throw around this concept of doctrine a lot and I don't know, it's almost so um, abstract at times. Like we don't really know what it means or it means different things to different people. So was there anything in your preparation or how you led to make sure that you sort of stayed in that you know, close to the doctrine of Christ as as people were teaching.
1: Right. You know, as a leader, mm-hmm. when um, we don't do everything, you know, there's delegation, there's tasking, because that's the way the church runs. And I think as I was leading um, with counselors and um, my peers, the, the discussion would be, you know, what can we do to center on Jesus Christ? and more specifically for the youth and the children. You know, how can we teach this in real ways? And um, with this one lesson, total cheese ball and, and cliche with the girls, but I literally had them standing up and doing <laughs> cheering like, see, oh, you know, like yeah. I need you to get up and move and act. And um, And I think even now with the youth taking charge of leading and guiding and as we help them to create lesson plans and activities you know how can those lesson plans and activities turn people back to Jesus Christ mm-hmm. so again as a leader we're just helping uh, guiding and uh, facilitating and you know just remembering that yes that is the f- the sole focus of why we're all here so let's let everything circle about that
0: yeah awesome anything else around the concept of teaching the doctrine of Christ that we haven't touched on or did we cover it pretty well?
1: No. Yeah. I just think that, um, so often, well, I lived in the South too for 10 years and I feel like other faiths are really good at just talking about Jesus Mm -hmm. and they bring him up in everyday conversation and the doctrine of Jesus, right. Is, is talked about and perhaps in, um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, I don't know why, but we, we're we not as evangelical, mm-hmm. but maybe sometimes we should be. And as we talk and teach, I just think that um, proclaiming in our day-to-day lives, we can teach the doctrine of Christ outside of the walls of the church, outside of the walls of our home. And um, I have made a focused effort after living in Texas for a decade in southern california to use vocabulary about jesus christ and god the father more often mm-hmm. you know it might seem out of place to some but for me i'm like hey how can i you know share my love of the savior with everyone around me so as leaders we need to teach the doctrine of christ in our buildings and in our homes but we need to take that one step further and teach and talk about the doctrine of Jesus Christ to those in our community. Mm. And um, so that is something in my life that I have really tried to be better at um, since living with so many amazing friends who share their faith so openly.
0: Yeah. And I love how you used the example early on about just your, what brought you back to church in those those times that were tough to get to church. It was the doctrine of Christ. And especially in the context of youth or or kids, like we feel like we got to package it the doctrine of Christ a certain way so that they, you know, let's make it fun or do this activity or, uh, you know, we have to go on this trip or whatever, right. have a great youth conference that's has all these, you know, bells and whistles to it. When in reality, if we can just go, like you said, to the, the core of the doctrine of Christ that he loves you, accepts you, like... I'm, you know that that's what draws us that that's what draws all of us back and to keep us going for church, to church rather than the surroundings or the wrapper of it all
1: right and i think studying the old testament more than ever we can see that people make mistakes yeah. there is
0: <laughs> the least. old testament
1: is riddled with people that have made very very yeah. poor choices and very serious choices but yet um more often than not the lord is merciful mm-hmm. and for me studying the scriptures this year um it's like look guys we don't expect you to be perfect just come just learn just partake Mm -hmm. and it's gonna work itself out yeah just just show up just come
0: yeah all right let's go back to to the number one of the list which is uh be a friend and um like what does this look like because it goes back to the concept of loving people right right so what does that look like? Or do you, do you hug people a lot more? Do you bake them cookies? Like, what does it mean oh, yeah. for you to be a friend?
1: Right, I'm not much of a hugger in okay. Genia, So <laughs> sorry to friends if I don't hug you. It's not that I don't like you, I'm just not a hugger. Huh. Um, I think that being a friend is being aware of the needs of the people in your life. And um, I, I love people. I love to make friends. I love to develop friendships that I've had, to make new random friends. Some of my best friends I would meet randomly at the park, um, and they're still lifelong friends today. But um, in a ward setting, as a leader, I think being a friend to those we serve will allow us to connect more than anything. And um, as I have served in different auxiliaries in the church, I. Think back to my ability to love the people that I was serving at that moment more than I had before. Like when I was in the Relief Society presidency, for some reason my thoughts were turned to them, and mm-hmm. I had this ability to love and reach out. And you know, I want to know. Tell me the details. Like I don't want the hey, I'm fine. You know, we're good. No, no, no. Tell me how you really are. Yeah. Like, what can I do? How how can I be there? Um, and so I think that that's what it is, is not just being okay with the surface smiles, but paying attention. Like, how does that woman look in class? She looks like she's pretty down. Like, instead of just jetting out to get home for lunch, I'm gonna take a minute to circle back and be like, hey, what's up? You know, how yeah. are you? And um, I think being a friend is, the most important thing because if we can be a friend to those that we lead, those that we serve with, then people are going to trust us. They're going to open up. We can be a strength and a support to them. But then additionally going back to now number 2, like they will trust what we're saying about the doctrine of mm, Jesus Christ. Yeah. They will believe what we say. And so this is in and out of the church. Like um, most of my friends in Los Angeles and Texas were not LDS members of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was important to me to be a good friend to them so that they could see that the light of Christ in me. And then in the church, um, I want those in my congregation to know that they have a safe place, that they have a friend, that, hey, if I'm having a bad day and I It doesn't really sound appealing to go sit through sacrament meeting but hey i know Cherie will be there and we can chat you know so that's i think a reason to get someone in the door too and um so yeah being a friend is is number one in my book and is there any
0: additional tactic that you would share as far as getting through that superficial level? Maybe it's just sort of joking, like, no, 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 I want the details. Like, tell me the details. How are you really doing? What's going on? Or is there anything else that you could help a leader to sort of get through that superficial level?
1: Right. Well, I think I learned this when I wasn't a leader. Um, I moved to Texas, and I was this younger girl with young kids. And, you know, I saw my Relief Study President, and she was really cool and I was like I want to be friends with her Uh I really like her but ooh. so (laughs) it was like a plan I had a plan I was going to be friends with her Uh so hey let me send you a text let me drop a smoothie off let me you know it's like I was doing 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 and finally she was like oh oh my gosh you're great like hey do you want to go for a walk I'm like yes I do Uh and so um I learned that, you know, like I want to be friends with people and I know that it's hard for some people to make friends. So again, this is a quality that I think was put in me in the pre-mortal existence. Like I <laughs> am a friendly person and I know that that characteristic is not in everyone and it's work to connect and make relationships. And so because I've learned that, I also try to look for the people that might have a harder time with those relationships, and so I'm going to be a little aggressive. I'm gonna, you know, if you don't respond, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep trying to reach and break through, and then hopefully you'll share. And I think that's what's really cool about being a leader in the church. You don't um, have this prescribed set of friends that you're going to stick to it's like you have the group of women or the young women and they're not all going to be like you but it's like it's my job to reach out and connect and I have had the greatest relationships and connections with people that are very different than me because I was persistent in trying to reach out and and make
0: those friendships yeah Just that persistence, right? There's no, there's not like a three-step process. It's like, you know, try, try the smoothie drop off. Okay. That was awkward. It didn't work or they don't, you found out they don't like fruit. And (laughs) and so then it's like, well, now I'm going to engage with them in between, you know, sacrament and Sunday school and on church and see how, how that goes, right? Just being persistent and, um, then maybe something will sort of break open.
1: I think that's the key, right? And and not being fearful of rejection, you know, yeah. just because they didn't respond, that's not an indicator of oh, I'm not great, but they're just not ready. But I'm going to keep trying, keep connecting, and at some point they'll they'll open up and chat when they're ready. And and I'm here for them, you know? And so I think that just pushing through those awkward Kind of like, oh hey, you know, just it's hard. It is. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. But just making an effort and a goal to be persistent and and make a, a few new connections each week, you know, set a, a realistic goal. Like I wanna meet one new person this week. Yeah. And obviously as leaders, um, you know, we can't just do one a week. We gotta get through it so we get to know the people that we're serving.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Uh, anything else as far as be a friend that we haven't covered? Did we do a good job there?
1: Yeah, again, I just, outside of the church too. Um, yeah, yeah, You know.
0: And that stuff, and maybe you notice that being, especially in Provo, Utah, it's so easy for, I mean, your neighbors are your ward members. Yes. Where in California, it's like, no, there's 10 houses and then maybe there's a member or or even more than that, right? And so it's easier to maybe associate naturally as you go check your mail, but right. in these more... It's been really areas.
1: interesting to live here in Provo. I came to BYU and, you know, that's not representative of right. life, but living here in in Provo in a, a ward that is, I think, a quarter mile by a quarter mile, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's tiny. It's amazing for the kids and temple baptism trips and getting kids home from youth group. It's not a... You know 15 minute drive to one house it's it's a lot easier just logistically but um yeah back in los angeles i have made an effort to make my street my neighborhood feel like a ward and i think that that's the next level that's the next challenge because a lot of times we get so um, stuck in just our routine of going to church serving in our ward and we need to pause and consider those that we interact with day to day. You know, I have a neighbor two doors over and she's been a widow for almost 10 years and she's 98. Wow. And you know, I was like, "Miss Jenny, you need some love." And so we just decided to adopt her and my kids would run stuff to her. If we when we have big dinners, we'll just take Tupperware's over to her and you know, it's like that's just a natural thing because that's what I do for my ward members. Mm-hmm. So why would I not do that? for people in my community and so I think that that's important as leaders to serve those in our church but also to be a light and example to those in our communities and neighborhoods because by being a friend then they will want to know you know what is with you why is this why are you so kind you know and it's like Oh hey yeah you know this is what i've been taught from a child like love my neighbor it's yeah. it's god's commandment
0: yeah i love that concept of of just making your making your street your your ward or it's a sort of a condensed ward of some like you're going to offer the same uh, you know friendship and 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 engage with them because they're this is your little ward here even though they may not be members of the church right right yeah.
1: and at the end of the day it's like i feel that relationships are our greatest gift here in life and so yeah by being persistent again there might be a crabby neighbor but they might need you and it might take your persistent efforts to to serve them with no reciprocation but they'll remember oh yeah that i'm going to use the m word that mormon family (laughs) you know oh they're really nice but oh i've heard a lot of things about those mormons oh but i know the nixons and that doesn't sound like them, yeah. you know? This is what they are. So by showing up as a friend, then they can know that as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that's who we strive to yeah. represent is Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. All right, and the, uh, the third and true third principle is yes. uh, speak up. I love this. This maybe takes us in a different, slightly different direction. Yes,
1: a little pivot here. Love it. Um, yes, as a younger, woman in the church, um, I just was more quiet. I would see my priesthood leaders and think, okay, well, they said it. That is it. I will just shut my mouth. (laughs) And as I've had the opportunity to serve in different states, different cities, different uh, ward councils, I have learned that we need to speak up. As women, we need to share our opinion. Love we it. we need to be strong. We need to um, to share the perspectives, opinions that we have because I think we have um, gifts that men don't, and together we can create a really cohesive, amazing dynamic in a ward. Um, but it it takes a woman to to help to speak up to share, um, and I think the trend is i don't know it kind of feel like we're moving that way a little bit more yeah um i think traditionally everything's shifting you know it's yeah. like we we value women and um and i love that and i've learned that and as i have shared i i've i think that there's been a lot of really great um discussions and that's what it comes down to yeah. is you know it's like yes this church is guided by the priesthood, and that is the way, that is God's law, and we can support that, but we need to speak up and to share because um, we have value, and together it it will just work a lot better.
0: Yeah, so what is that like in practice or application? Like, it gets tricky at times, it, So, because you have to sort of push through these feelings of like, you know, because there's stigmas that come up, like, oh, you know... She's really passionate about this, you know, and and that is sometimes different when a man is maybe more passionate about it in a board council setting or whatnot. So like on the 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 application of any like tips or things to anticipate that may make you a, a sister resistant to speak up.
1: Right. Well, perhaps we've had a negative experience in the past when yeah. we did share, and it's like we were shut down. Uh-huh. And just because you had a negative experience at one point doesn't mean that it's going to be like that everywhere. Because, you know, listening to your amazing podcast and how you lead. 100%, you value women, you want to hear, you wouldn't shut them down. So I would say just because a woman had a negative experience at some point, doesn't mean that that's how it's gonna be. Like get your courage up, share again mm-hmm. and speak because someone will, they need to hear it, what you have to say, and they might respond differently and and change your whole perspective yeah. on, on sharing. And um one time I remember sitting in a room just literally biting my tongue. My heart was racing and I'm like, is this the spirit telling me that I need to speak up or is this me like so enraged by what is being said? I can't figure this out. Uh-huh. So at the end of the day I just shut my mouth because I didn't Take want to. Take a minute, maybe. Yes. Gather myself. Uh-huh. Definitely don't ever act in the heat of the moment. Uh-huh. You know, Gather yourself, and then circle back and share. and And that's what I did in that moment. But um, there's always a time and a place, you know, And I don't think that we need to be worried about being right. You know, I don't want my opinion to be the one that's heard loudest. I don't want to to share it in the intent that you need to think the way that I think. I'm right. It's not like that, but perhaps, you could think about it this way. Well, what if this thought, what if we did it this way? You know? Mm. And so I think just going into meetings with a humble heart, not wanting to be right, but wanting to be heard to share, obviously for what's better for the people we're serving. Because at the end of the day, we represent the congregants. You know, we are there to, to love and support and serve. And, By being a friend, we have interactions with people that perhaps one of the priesthood leaders isn't aware of. And um, we can share dynamics. And as women, typically being more emotionally connective, you know, that perspective can maybe shift and soften um, someone that might not be naturally as sensitive as others, yeah. you know, so yeah. it's again. There's so many different personalities in the church, and I think the thing is, we're all here to serve. We're all showing up day in and day out to help this move forward. And um, it's hard at times when there's someone that you don't feel is receptive to what you have to say, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's important to to share and to represent the needs of the people that you serve, and um, you know, persistence again just life is busy our priesthood leaders have day jobs they have families and a lot of times it might not be um that they don't want to help it with the need that we have in the moment but it's they just don't have the bandwidth at the time right but okay understanding that shelving it circling back you know persistence to be like hey i this is still on my mind can we please revisit this you know yeah. and and I'm sure at some point it will happen, but being persistent and, and speaking up about the things that really matter. Yeah.
0: Persistence has kind of been a theme of this conversation. This I, is good. Okay, I like good, that. Kurt. We've got a theme. <laughs> we do. Maybe I'll work that into the title okay, somehow. Okay. But, It'll be great. Uh, any other, like, I'd love just this persistence of like, maybe it hasn't worked out before, but try again and, and keep your voice out there. Don't retreat or, or shut down right? They just keep trying. Um, any other general, if, you know, if you're coaching someone to, to speak up, uh, coaching a, a woman to speak up in, in these settings, anything else come to mind?
1: Um, that's tough. Yeah. I would just say that understanding that everyone here in the church is not paid. We're all trying our best and recognizing that in a moment, you right now have been called to serve a certain section of your ward. You know, we are given the keys to serve those women. You know, we don't have the priesthood, but we have been set apart and given um, a blessing to know the needs of these, these people more than perhaps, you know, someone else in the ward. And it's okay to, To take the time to be persistent and circle back to represent what those women, youth, children need, even if it's not at the forefront of your priesthood leader's agenda. Mm. You know, it's just what's important to you will be important to that priesthood leader because they don't have the time or the energy in their life to focus on each individual auxiliary, like you do in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so it is important for you to share because you're, you know, at least when I'm serving in different positions, my thoughts will be about the people in that auxiliary. Like if I'm serving in Relief Society, my thoughts generally are about those women, not about the kids. And so that will help the bishop, that will help his counselors, that will help the elders quorum um, by, and, and none of it can happen unless you speak up. So take the talents you have, the resources you have, the knowledge you have from serving this group of people and and present it and share it and um, make what is important to you important to the ward. Because if you don't bring things up, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. And. um the worst thing that could happen is oh, we can't deal with that right now. And you're like, Okay, great. This is important to me and to the people that I'm serving. So I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to this soon.
0: Yeah. And I like that that the goal isn't necessarily get your agenda to happen. It's more of to be to feel heard and, and to be okay that I feel heard even though we're not going in the direction that I would prefer to go in.
1: Right. Yeah. Again, at the end of the day, we do wanna be validated, but I think as leaders it's more about the people that yeah. we are serving, yeah. and and what can I do as a leader to help better their daily worship on Sundays or their their lives on a day to day basis, and yeah. and what can I say and what can I bring awareness to, so that the people that I see hurting can be helped.
0: Yeah, so. is there any encouragement you give out to you send out to that sister who's just like. Oh, sure. Like, I, I get it. I get what you're saying. I've tried so hard. Like You don't know my leader. Like, this unbearable situation. Like, I'm just about had it. Like, any encouragement you give to that one who's sort of at the end of a rope?
1: Yes, I know. I'm sure it feels frustrating. But I've also tried to take a step back. And again, I am not perfect at this. I have had a lot of sure. very frustrating moments. I'm like, ah, I'm just here trying to help, you know, like, uh-huh. I'm not getting paid for this. <laughs> here are my keys. I'm done. (laughs) But, um, I think a lot of times too, perhaps people receive callings because they need to learn and grow. And what one Bishop or what one, one president of a, a quorum or auxiliary might not be our best pick, but they're the pick. For them in that moment. And so I would just say, if someone's having difficulties, try to take a step back and say, you know, what is this man or woman learning in this moment in their calling? You know, what perhaps they don't have the skill set that I have. Perhaps this is letting them learn and grow and develop. And I think it's real like bishops, presidents, counselors, teachers nursery leaders all the way down um each person is learning something in that moment and if we're having frustrations with someone in some position of service or leadership you know taking a step back and taking a breath we're all here just volunteering and they're probably going through something Mm -hmm. and what what are they learning how are they growing through their service? And I'm gonna let them I'm gonna let them grow. I'm gonna let them do that. And for me, you know, it it's not gonna affect me as much. I'm gonna just I'm gonna sit on this one. And so that's that's taken a lot of practice for me. Yeah. I, I'm I'm a, a type Air, I'm boots on the ground, I'm a go, go, go. <laughs> and when things don't go, 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 I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> This is just out of control. I it, yeah. uh, I, you know, it's like, I could do this so much better. Uh-huh. But no, uh, everyone has different talents. We all come together with our individual talents to create this amazing, messy, imperfect Ward family. And um, it, it's crazy. Like here in Provo, I'm like, wow, this is just this really amazing ward. It is (laughs) so easy. There are so many people doing so many things. You know, there's an abundance of people. Whereas in LA, it's like, okay, do we have enough people in primary this week? Uh, Can we staff everyone? Uh And can we make this happen? Is this gonna work out? And um, so it's been awesome for me to just see the difference in in wards and how things run and just realizing that even when things are different, seems a little messy, it is still a ward family. We're all coming on Sundays to love and support and serve each other. And at the end of the day, I'm going to be serving in this one position for, you know, a few months, a few years, I'm going to make the most of it. And that person's going to do their best in that realm and you know, it's going to work out and it might not look and be this perfect, harmonious, well-played script.
0: (laughs) This is Zion, right?
1: Yes, (laughs) right. It's not always like that. But at the end of the day, we are showing up. We are teaching our children about Jesus Christ. We are being a friend to those members that are there. And, um, And that's what I think it's all about. It's showing up it's being there for one another and testifying of Jesus Christ. And and that's why we're there each week.
0: Awesome. Uh, Do we cover it all? Any other principle that just that, that came to mind that uh, you need to share that's now number one on the list? Oh,
1: I think being a friend. That is that's Love my that. mantra in life. Be a Good friend. And then through you, people will want to know more about Jesus Christ. Yeah. And speak up. <laughs> That's right. Speak up.
0: All right. Uh, before, I got one more question for you. But uh, again, I want to remind people of the Come Follow Me app. And, I mean, obviously you go to the app store, uh, Android or Apple or whatever, and yep. it's there.
1: Both places. Come Follow Me app. It's the little yellow circle. Yeah. And um, we hope that it helps you have daily connection to Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father and that you can pause from the busyness of life and um, and open it up and and have a moment to reflect and ponder and and figure out what you can do to to be better that day and connect with God.
0: Love it. All right, last question I have for you is uh, you reflect on your time as a leader, how has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ?
1: So I pondered on this question knowing that you What you did? You, yes, gonna, oh. you know, Kirk, you are <laughs> that was a gimme. Nice. But um, being a leader has helped me become a better disciple of Jesus Christ because it allows me to see the members as the savior would. Mm -hmm. And as you serve, when you're set apart, I think you are blessed with an abundance of love for the people that you serve and what a gift that is. And by seeing people in their imperfections, In loving them and serving them where they are, I think that that is true representation of Jesus Christ and what He would have us do and how He would have us love and serve His his brothers and sisters. And so, yeah, I love that I can love someone even if they're not where they could be, right? We're all on our own separate journeys, our own paths. And by shutting out judgment, and this is something that I've worked on, forgetting who you're supposed to be, what you have been taught, what you know you're supposed to be, but rather you are trying, life is hard. I love you. I'm here for you. And that's how I'm gonna serve you and show up for you. And by doing that and being that, I am a better disciple of Jesus Christ because I am striving to love and serve like he does. And again, we're all trying. I'm not perfect at this. I'm far from that. But I am really grateful for leadership positions. No matter where it is. It, you know, leading the little nursery kids. Like that is being a leader. That is making a difference. Anywhere we serve in the church, we're a leader. We're leading and guiding someone. And by loving them in the moment where they are, I think that we can help people um, want to know the Savior more by loving as the Savior does.
0: And that concludes this How I Lead See if we can line them up. So again, go to leadingsaints.org slash contact. And there you can submit all the information and let us know. And maybe they will be on a future How I Lead segment on the Leading Saints podcast. And remember, go to leadingsaints.org slash 14 to access our full Young Saints virtual library. And of which we must face up with boldness and
1: courage and ability.